The Athletic. And welcome to From the Rookery End, a podcast all about a life following Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic. We've just left Rookery Road. <laughs> Hold your hats. Sit down, everybody. Watford got a point at home. Yes, uh, first points at home since November. It was nil-nil, you're probably aware. Uh, uh, my name's John. Uh, with me this evening is Mike. Very good evening to you. And Jason. I'm on the pod. <laughs> I'm on the pod. <laughs> uh, but if you weren't at the game... If you were at the game, you really know what was going on. But this is what the, the Watford rookie end sounded like for pretty much the last 15 minutes of the game. Michael, I don't think I've... Well, let's talk about how bad the game was a bit later, or average and all everything. But I don't think I felt so relaxed and... Happy at the end of a game for a very long time. It was a weird, weird feeling. I think, ha- I think happy is pushing it. I think the, the, the joy, the, the possibly the joy that we've got out of it is um, is ruining Everton's evening, perhaps. And I think they they probably still back themselves to stay up. I think their home form should keep them in it. But that that result is not what they expected. Uh, it's one in the eye for for an noisy away support, which is which is always good fun. Something we haven't been able to do at all very much this this season. So. Yeah, just to to think that we might have played a little part in the in the relegation battle right up to the up to the last is is good. I did have a funny feeling before today. Yeah, we uh, it could have gone two ways. Either we're going to get absolutely smashed to bits because we knew what the side was going to be like. It's effectively, and this isn't being disparaging. It's just a descriptive term. It was an effectively a reserve team. That would be the team that we played against the first team in training all season and playing against a team who is ostensibly in good form, up for it, knowing that if they win tonight, they probably probably safe bearing in mind considering what's happening to the other clubs so you would have thought Everton backed by a, a noisy support would come out and steamroll a, a, a side that is so if that's our reserves and our first team have finished pretty far detached from staying up then what are the reserves are like? well they were organised they were competent they were focused they were patient and they they did pretty well, really. Yeah, as a, as a, what do you call them then? They're a, the stiffs. The stiffs. That's yeah. what I'm joking. Yeah. The stiffs. As the stiffs go, Jason, it was. Was it a result and a performance we could build on? I, no. <laughs> I think there's a few stiffs there that Maybe we probably. The that, that, that we might not see again. Some players, uh, yeah, that possibly won't, won't wear the yellow of Watford beyond this season. But um, <clears throat> I, I see, I was lost my voice all that singing. It was, it was just. It was fun almost towards the end. Was, there was still a bit of me that was. A little bit nervous, those set pieces yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. But I really don't don't want to concede one now. I, without the pressure of having nothing left to fight for, but a little bit of pride, um, and the fact that we've put out sort of a half-assed team for the want of a better word, who then put in a full-assed performance compared <laughs> to the full-assed team putting in a half-assed performance. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, Jason, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. the Ted. Hey, it was it was it was quite refreshing and quite nice to enjoy. And, and, and I did. I think I think bizarrely, I enjoyed that. 
Yeah. Mike, I don't think you would enjoy it. You couldn't enjoy no, it. No, I did. I did. I did <laughs> enjoy it. I think, you know, we've got it's the first point in 1,200 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. You but, have to enjoy it. But, but, let, but let's talk about some of those players. I know we're not, talk, we're not talking about this in terms of who, what they could do, but the surprises, let's say. The surprises in that performance. The players that sort of did something you, you, you weren't expecting. Who, who stood out the most, you think? Um, well, it's not a surprise, but I think following on from, um, from Saturday, and we did get a point today. We kept the score down on Saturday. I think Ben Foster made another good save. Uh, Richarlison had a shot deflected. He was already down and managed, managed to claw it out. So over the last couple of games, Ben Foster has played a, a, a big part. He's obviously had his critics with, with fair reason this season. So I thought he played well today. And if we're starting from the back, perhaps, you know, I thought Cabaselli was, was absolutely fine as well. I think Everton were very passive in their, in their, in their approach, playing their style. But I thought Cabaselli did, did absolutely fine. And perhaps in terms of a surprise, I thought Ngakia was was decent. I think he showed a few flashes of being quite confident, taking the ball forward, a few bits of skill, a few decent passes from him. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, starter for 10 from me, I'd say, and Gakia, because maybe, you know, he's one, you know, the, the jury's very much out on. He hasn't had a sniff really all season, has he? And looking at the championship season, that, that probably hasn't done him too much harm at all with a certain... Uh, man probably watching on from a distance this evening. <laughs> How distant, we're not sure. We'll talk about that certain man in a minute. Uh, Jason, how about you? Who, who else was, was, was for you? So maybe the, maybe the guys who you know, haven't, no, no, Ngaki hasn't played much, but the other guys who haven't played that much this season. Yeah, I, I quite like Dan Gosling tonight. I thought um, it's the end of the season, is it? Do you remember in a time when uh, perhaps we didn't appreciate what we had and we used to take the mickey out of Etienne Capu and said that he didn't play beyond August? Um, <laughs> yeah. Gosling's, Gosling only sort of turns up in May. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'll tell you what, it'll be next May before we see him again. He'll be, he'll, he'll be stiff as an absolute ball for the next two weeks, poor old Gosling. I thought, and, and, and yeah, that's why that yeah, he was he was very busy on the pitch. He, he tried a few things, some things didn't come off, but he had sort of a bit of fight about him today mm, as well. Yeah. He was sort of playing probably more advanced than the other two uh, central midfielders. Yeah, he sort of popped up in areas where you, you thought Everton were going to get away and he sort of got stuck in, put the tackles in. So he tried a few little flicks and tricks. The trouble is, I think, in terms of the attack, we were a little bit blunt tonight, weren't Very. we? So we, we, we probably didn't expect anything, anything less... Kalou and his sort of first proper outing really Ken we haven't seen much of and when we have still it's pretty much like a championship player you can't roll these Premier League defenders as easy as you can the uh, the championship ones I think it's quite difficult and Pedro sort of ploughed a lone furrow at times tried to do a lot of things himself but yeah Gosling I thought yeah sort of busied, busied himself linked up with the other players well and generally putting a decent performance what, what an important foul right at the end as well sort of 90 plus minutes down there in the, in the corner so for him to still be going after you know, being questions about his fitness and, and all that sort of stuff, and then not to play any football, and then to be thrown in to get 95, 96 minutes under his belt. Absolute fair play to him. I have a cap, and I am doffing it <laughs> to him. It's actually only 94 minutes. One of my favourite things was that there were no minutes. Uh, Mr Mike Dean... Thank you, Mr. Mike Dean. Man of the match, I think. Uh, just for a Mike Dean performance. Uh, some great little gestures of shut your mouth, no, no, no's. For last man, Mike Dean, the last man out in the second half. <laughs> Everyone was out. Everyone was like, the referee, the lines went out. He, he, you could imagine Mike Dean in the tunnel going, OK, lads, you go out first, you go left and right. And I'll walk out. He strode out with the ball in his hand and he rolled it or kicked it. I can't rolled or kicked it. Took, yeah, booted it to the centre. Just took his moment. His last, his last time here at Vicarage Road, and he went out as man the match for me. Well, not really. <laughs> Gozo did well. Who, who else are we talking? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, anyone 
John. No, but, but let's think about that a little bit. There was a, a massive feeling for me of that these boys have not played a competitive game of football together. Yeah. They haven't played much together in, in any way. Yes, they are playing a not very good Everson, Everson side. There were a lot of missed passes, but they sort of felt different. Those missed passes we talked about on the weekend, they felt a bit different. I'd say, I'd say about the missed passes, I thought actually we kept the ball quite nicely at times. I think I said to you... We kept the, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> in the first half, it felt like the pattern of play was... We'd pass the ball around nicely and then Pedro would run into someone or we'd pass the ball around nicely and anyone would run into Alex Iwobi as he yeah. seemed to win the ball back a lot for them yeah. down that side. But yeah, generally, I mean, again, we, expectations were probably lower um, and I thought actually we did ro- retain that possession well. And again, sounds probably wrong that when we say we're not actually trying to win the game, but we probably went out with the job of frustrating Everton and just seeing what we could nick off them and that frustration part we did well because we were able to keep the ball better than perhaps some of those first team regulars have done in, in other games this season. The one thing we didn't get to see, which is a little bit unfortunate, we're in the pub before the game, I was with, uh, with Ollie Wicken, historical uh, Historical Ollie Wicken <laughs> he, Mike said that Ollie, not me uh, a man who knows a lot about Watford history because he writes on heaven and of course on the bench were three young Hornets Academy graduates, one particular, uh, Jack Greaves, uh, who would have been the, he is, but would have been at 100 years of his family playing Vicarage Road. He's the great, great grandson uh, of one Skinny Williams, former Watford goalkeeper. That would have been quite nice. A wonderful, a wonderful link there, which really, really nice and yeah, important to be aware of those things, I think, when we talk about community and yada, 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 and family and all that sort of stuff. Really important to, to be aware of those links. And actually, it's funny you mention, mention it because my cousin messaged me when we brought Cathcart on for Kalu. Well, I'm going to say that was the best moment ever. It's like, hang on, Craig Cathcart's winding up. Who, who? Best moment no, ever. Best moment ever. You know what I mean? I'm excited by point, Michael. But you know what I mean? But like that moment going, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Who, 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 who? Don't read Jack Pedro, but who, who? And he put him on. Yeah. But and, and, and my cousin, hello Rich, how are you doing? He said, oh, why, you know, we've got all these youngsters on the pitch, on the, on the subs bench, which you, you mentioned. Why aren't we, the game's there to be done, why aren't we throwing them on? And I, and I kind of get that with a romantic sense of blooding them, giving them experience. But the reality is, you know, talking about a game to be won, there wasn't really a game to be won there for us. Hmm. That, the, 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 the sum total of our ambitions this evening, and un, perhaps understandably so tonight more than ever at any other stage in the season, bearing in mind the team we had, was to get a point, was to frustrate Everton and was to try and get a point. So I don't think there was going to be any question really that throwing any of the youngsters on, apart from perhaps one of the strikers, Kuka might have, might have come on. So nice to see those lads there and I think you could, you could see them out on the, on the pitch before I think we've seen a couple of them leaving now with, with gaggles of mates and, and, and family and there was you know they were given a, a rousing um, announcement on the, on the PA you're talking about them making their, their sort of debut in, in the squad which, was, which I thought was, was nice and important I think tonight wasn't the night for them to for sentiment we had to somehow get over the line with this with this point it was so important just for a whole host of reasons obviously not in terms of what it means for the season although finishing 19th or or 20th or or 18th does have implications from financial point of view so finishing ahead Norwich is is worth doing on on that alone it would have been nice to see them come on but we just we weren't at that stage we're we're obviously pleased that the rot has stopped we're obviously pleased we got a point but not we we can't get carried away to the stage. Oh, let's throw the youngsters on because I think there still would have been a danger tonight that if they had 
they'd have struggled and never and gone on to win two or three nil, then it's just another very very difficult evening, isn't it, at, at Vicarage Road? And more questions to answer. So great to see him there. I understand why they didn't come on. Kalu, he was awful. Who was Kalu? So awful? I, here we go. Here's it. I've got, Hang on. Awful? Yeah, I thought it was dreadful. I'd be surprised if we ever see him. But isn't it exactly what you thought he was going to be? Yeah, awful. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that your face, your face is looking like that. I mean, I'll ask, throw the question back to, <laughs> to you guys. Perhaps start with you, John. You can tag team between you. But, Jason, you mentioned there's some players that we won't see in a Watford shirt again. When Samuel Kalou went off, I thought, well, that's him. That's his career. Watford career. Done. I used the word blunt earlier, didn't I? And I think... That kind of summed up, yeah, summed up our attack. Um, they tried swapping Ken and Kalu around a couple of times. Ken actually won us a couple of set pieces, I think, where he's... Mm. And Ken actually did go on a couple of runs, didn't he, where... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ball took him on a run more than him, him taking on a run, I think. But we didn't, we, we didn't quite get that from Kalu. So if you, if you ask me to compare the two yeah. on tonight's performance, Ken looked better than Kalu. Now, obviously, Kalu hasn't played, bar what a subs appearance, hasn't played much at all football so given him the benefit of doubt you could say that who knows what if he is here in pre-season what difference does that make but yeah uh, it depends who's watching that tonight and what they decide what they want to do with uh, with, with Mr Kalou I mean I guess most of them are going to get a chance to do it again on Sunday as well because whatever the reasoning behind you know the severity of the injuries we've seen Imran Loser obviously recovering in hospital um whether any of the others are, are likely to come back at this stage with, with two games left. You know, call me a cynic, but I, I have my doubts. So I, I suspect that 11, or certainly some of them, whether Dan Gosling can recover in time to... to sorry, actually, apologies to Dan Gosling. I'm completely unfair. I'm a fat 45-year-old bald man who, who couldn't chase down a milk float. So who I'm in that... Who couldn't manage 90 minutes of football playing in goal. I couldn't manage 45 minutes, let alone 90 minutes. So... I take it back, apology. So, but yeah, I think it will be fascinating to see what they can do on on Sunday because I think it's going to be a similar situation. Leicester, Leicester play for. Um, there, there it feels like they're coasting towards the end of the end of the season. And I think perhaps, hopefully, you'd like to think that this this eleven or this team, this sort of uh, backup team, have shown enough tonight to each other that they can go into that game with a little bit of confidence. And, and perhaps I'm being a, bit, a little bit unfair on, on, on Kalouf and singling him out there. Let, let's perhaps see what they can do on, on Sunday. And, and to, to go back to your early enthusiasm and feeling happy about it, that's, that's nice. That's something that we can, we can grab hold of and take away. What can, we, what can they do for the, for the next game? Everything's lost for the season, but at least we've got something to look at on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. Let's, uh, let's wait and see, I guess. <laughs> let's wait. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Rexham premieres May 2nd on FX, stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns. I think maybe the other reason there's a positivity in the air, Michael, is that this yeah. afternoon, Watford officially announced Rob Edwards uh, as the new Watford head coach. Uh, it was coming, we knew it, but we weren't quite sure when. Uh, and it seemed to happen quite quickly and in an interesting way. If you do want to have the full story of all this, of course, go to theathletic.com forward slash rookie end if you haven't signed up and sign up to read what Adam's writing on The Athletic. Uh, and hopefully we'll speak to him on the podcast uh, end of the next few days. But Mike, let's talk about how it happened. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with how it happened? Yeah, I mean, one on my summer wish list, I think, was getting the head coach slash managerial position sorted early. Because I think the longer he's in in post, the longer that we have to, to get things sorted. So I was really, really keen and hopeful that they'd get it done quickly. So in that regard, they have. Absolute tick. I think it became clear over the past couple of ticks, they, uh, over the last couple of weeks, they were looking for a younger manager, perhaps a British manager. They definitely did, because when I was at the supporters committee meeting, I, I've never mentioned this to you, Mike, because I didn't want you to get angry. <laughs> Scott mentioned like what kind of manager are we going to be looking for, and he used the, the name... Eddie Howe. Now, that's... But we know what that means. Yes. Not, but what that means. And I think this this feels me completely... If they've had that thought, that meeting was a good... Almost two months ago, it feels like. If that's their thinking, they've gone out knowing what they want, and they've got what they clearly think is the best because they were speaking to to more managers, but they've gone for a young British eager. Yeah, and... uh, (laughs) It, 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 he has now got an opportunity and the club have now got an opportunity to build something. The job now is to build a squad that will work for him. They need to be aware of his style of play. He needs to be in dialogue with them and talking about, right, these are the players I want to be to, to be utilising. This is the style of play I want to be utilising. This is our roadmap back to the Premier League. It has to be joined up. It has to be cohesive. It has to be sensible, sensible and it has to be geared up to support him, to give everything he needs. In terms of the, the announcement, I think I totally understand where Forest Green are coming from. They've just won League Two. They've been promoted. They were looking forward to, to the summer and the new season and new division. And that, you know, the champagne's barely gone flat and they've lost their manager and they've got to you know, they've got a job on their hands now to replace someone who is very, very popular. So I get the outpouring of upset from, from that side of things. I think a lot of it is posturing, to be perfectly honest, in terms of... Um, in ter- huge amount of tweets that Dale Vince, the yeah. chairman of the... He's, he's applying to everybody. Well, Everybody. He must... If, play too. Well, it does feel a little bit like he's lost his ex-girlfriend and he's a bit... He's a bit <laughs> well, it's a bit like that. And I, I, but I do think it's all about... We know what football's like. Let's talk about Roy Hodgson and, and, and Palace at the weekend. It's all about the optics. And something very little can seem get very, very important very quickly. So I think he's making a big thing out of it. Easy, of course, to be critical of Watford. Then you know they're not everyone's favourite club for a whole host of reasons. So I think his sort of outburst is a little bit exactly like you like you say, John. Is a bit he just feels a bit jilted, and I get it. 
I totally understand it. We've been there ourselves, for example. You don't need, don't need me to explain it to anyone listening to, you to the we, podcast. I was thinking you've broken up with a girlfriend, left me behind. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about Watford. Oh, Watford, OK. Very much Watford, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so we know what it's like. And it's, you know, I saw some of the, you know, I think it was Adrian Durham saying there is a food chain when it comes to, to football. We're painfully aware of that. Uh, we seem to have got someone we wanted. There was a, a bit of noise that, it, that John Eustace was, was really, really hotting up over the last week or so. That obviously hasn't come to, to pass. So in terms of we've done it quickly, they've, they've met the criteria of young, um, progressive, and in terms of how it was done, I, I, I don't really have a problem with it because I, it, it, it just seems like they will have done what needed to be done. What Could there have been a phone call here and there? Maybe, but the bottom line is that the chairman of a, a newly promoted football club is never going to be happy that his, his, his head coach is moving on. I think that's, that's the bottom line. I don't think necessarily Watford have been underhand. They've done what they needed to do to get their man, and, 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 perf- and to be honest, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it. Jason, what was your initial feelings towards it? I, obviously, it's a change of direction. you just got to hope that he's given time, and it's not just a, a change of direction in terms of who we're appointing, but a whole change of direction in the strategy that we do as Mike said put a plan in place that backs everything that he wants to do the style of play that he wants to play getting those players in and then giving him time to develop um, it will be a learning curve for him he obviously he's, he's he did the, the caretaker role at Wolves I think for a, for a bit didn't he yeah. and, but going to be nothing compared to some hopefully at least a full season in the championship you've got to hope that the guys upstairs aren't sitting there with their finger hovering over the the trigger button if we don't hit the ground running so I think it will take a bit of time to to develop um yeah to put taking the, the put their finger on the the trigger button as I walked into the railway before the game Dave the landlord there says what do you think then I said well you know it makes sense and you know that's he goes he goes I'm not missing out on money this time I'm not missing out I'm put a bet on He's going to be gone by November. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a man. And, the, and there will be lots of fans out there, aren't there, Jason, who are just going to be incredibly cynical about the chance he's going to be given. Oh, yeah, and, and quite rightly so, because of the way the, the model has worked since the Potsos came in. We, we know exactly how, how it's been. We've spent a lot of time defending the, uh, the, the quick turnover of managers. It's worked for a while. Recently, it hasn't worked, um, and so yeah, there will be there will be cynics out there that will be quick to uh, put a joke or two out there on social media when when we lose our first game of the season, and oh yeah, we'll be gone in the morning, blah blah blah. I'm sure the away fans or opposition fans will be singing sacked in the morning when we're losing a game, but you know, I just like I say, I just hope hope that it's different this time yeah. and that there really is a, a, a change in the way that we are going to operate, and we actually sit back a bit look at the bigger picture take some time and try and build something what, what I like about his appointment I think what it's, it's easy to sort of dismiss younger managers or less experienced managers as being wet behind the ears and now obviously here's it's a huge step up this from from Forest Green Rovers to you know from League Two to to the championship and the expectation that will be heaped on his shoulders but Jason mentioned earlier that he he, he was involved for a reasonable amount of time at Wolves as a, as a player and then as a coach. And when he was a coach, he's standing in a couple of times, I think, first team. It was a really turbulent period at Wolves. It was, there was lots going on, lots of issues to deal with. And he will have learned, I'm sure, from watching 
all the machinations and everything that happened at, at the top and the sacking of managers and how things work and what needs to happen to steady what is a, an unstable ship. So he's also worked with, with one of the England, is it the under, under tw- okay, some of the, the younger England teams. So he's been around and he, you know, he had to retire early, so he's used to facing adversity there. So I don't think this is some meek, mild, little-mannered sort of school kid that's coming into this. This is someone who will be keen to, you know, blaze a trail, really. He's got something to prove. He'll want to show people that Watford were right to take a risk on him. He will want to prove to people he was right to, to make the move. And he will, presumably like plenty of the other head coaches and managers that have been to Watford before, think, right, this is a real opportunity to, to make a fist of this. And the other, just talking about little threads earlier, of course, he was mentored under Kenny Jacket at, at, at Wolves, so he worked close with him. So there's a nice little, nice little Watford link there, so he'll be able to speak to Kenny Jacket about Watford and get an understanding of, of what makes the, the club tick and, and so on and so forth. That ethos, that DNA, that sort of history and all that sort of stuff. So it, it's so important that it's now the decision is backed up. Jason said it, but I think it bears out saying again. Adam's piece in the week talked about the issues at the club and how the buck stops effectively with, with Gino Pozzo. And so that should focus the minds, perhaps, of supporters as to who is pulling the strings, really, here at Watford Football Club. And if anyone deserves any ire, that perhaps we're looking at the owner. So that in mind, the owner, it's down to him to make this work. Obviously, the, 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 the head coach needs to be the right fit as well. You've got to give him the tools now. You've got to give him the latitude. You've got to give him the, the leash, the space, the players to do what he thinks he's going to do. He must, Gino Pozzo must have been sold a vision under, under Rob Edwards. Now give him the, the bits to do it. It's like giving a kid a, a, a Lego box without the right bits in it otherwise. It doesn't work and it ends in tears. We've had enough tears. People are fed up. This is the first step in, in perhaps showing um, that, that they are open to change and they are willing to change. As supporters, I think we have to be ready as well for this. Are we going to hit the ground running in the championship? Are we going to come straight back up? We're going to be favourites. We will think that, whether whether we say it outwardly or not, Watford will be favourites and we won't be able to escape that tag. So there is pressure coming our way. There will be supporters, like all of us, like, that will expect us to do well and will be disappointed if they don't. But is the project, is the longer-term stability, is, is giving a new man time worth putting up with some NAF results and worth maybe bouncing around the championship for a year or so? I would say definitely yes. Let's, we've got to take it at face value. I think it's an exciting appointment. I think it's bold. I think it's brave. I think it's what they said they'd do. They've done it early. Let's go. Jason, what's his first thing you want? You, what, if you, what was the first thing you want to sort out Watford if you were coming in? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, 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 thanks. Uh, is it chocolate in the, uh, the Grand Tater stand? I don't know. I'll tell you what it is. It's, a, it's the culture. They need to get back to winning ways. They get... So whose job is that? Is that his job? Is that Gino's job? Both of them. I think, it, it, and, it, and, and DCW pulled me up on this, they have to work in tandem. This has to be someone, this has to be a relationship whereby they can talk to Gino, whether it's directly or whether it's through a conduit, it has to happen because otherwise it's not going to go to plan. It's not going to work. We know that he's the one that, that, that we need to persuade to, to make things happen. He's the one that's calling the shots, signing the checks, making the, the ultimate decision. So there has to be that, that conversation, whether it's direct or not. I don't really care, but that's what has to happen. And, that, and the culture is, it just feels so off. It feels so off. You do think that if it was the first 11 that played tonight, 
would they have scrapped to that draw? I have my very, very serious doubts. Uh, maybe they're all injured. I, I would suspect that some of the people absent tonight absolutely... <coughs> uh, I can't come in today, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a cold. So that's, that needs to shift, and I think he needs to set standards, and he can do that early. And I was talking to, to, to someone else about Wickham Wanderers earlier and what they've achieved in getting to the, getting to the playoff final, and I know I mention them a lot. But playing for each other, playing for the badge, playing for the boss and just doing your best and just doing your best to G everyone up, to be committed, to set the standard for each other is impressive when it works. But also it should be the bare minimum for elite level athletes and sportsmen. And you are not telling me that that is what's come out of Watford Football Club this year. It's been a ragtag, bobtail collection of misfits no-marks who have performed well below their capability that can't, that can't happen. And I think the head coach has to set his stall out immediately and to know, and the players around him, the staff around him need to understand that the mentality needs to shift almost completely. There is an opportunity to reset here, isn't there? And we, we talked about having to reset, having to do that. And, and the opportunity is there because we talked tonight about players that won't play for Watford again. There'll be players in the, in the first team squad that won't play for Watford again. They'll either be sold on to make money or we know there's players there with release clauses that will go. And like you said, Mike, it, it is down to both those at the top, the owner, and the head coach coming in to define right at the very start, with that opportunity, what we look like as a team moving yeah. forwards. And like you say, it needs to have that dialogue, that it needs to be in agreement from the head coach upwards to make it work so whilst we've got this opportunity to do it let's do it and it gives us something to talk about on a podcast Woo! Yeah, we're always struggling aren't we there's <laughs> never anything to talk about here at Watford thank you very much for listening uh, remember uh, do subscribe because uh, we'll be doing this podcast for a wee while yet uh, there's one on the weekend against Leicester and hey we're going to have to do one on an away trip to Chelsea. I, maybe Mike, maybe just give the microphone to Arlo and just let him do the podcast. Well, judging, and I, I suppose I want to apologise to people that are around Arlo on, uh, on Saturday, judging by his performance on Saturday away at Crystal Palace, I don't think he should be anywhere near a microphone. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Thank you, Michael. No worries. Thanks a lot. Well done. Come on, you want. Thank you, Jason. I'm off the pod. Oh, well, that's enough. <laughs> and thank you very much for listening. Come on, you want. The Athletic.